This episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast is brought to you by the MarTech Podcast, hosted by Ben Shapiro and brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network. With episodes you can listen to in under 30 minutes, the MarTech Podcast shares stories from world-class marketers who use technology to generate growth and achieve business and career success, all on your lunch break. And if you dig around, you might just find a show by yours truly. Ben's a great host. Actually, I would tell you, check out a recent show on blending humans, AI, and automation. Download the MarTech podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. This is John Jantz, and my guest today is Stu Heineke. He's a best-selling business author, marketer, and Wall Street Journal cartoonist. His first book, How to Get a Meeting with Anyone, introduced the concept of contact marketing. It was named one of the top 64 sales books of all time. We're going to talk about his latest book, How to Grow Your Business Like a Weed, which lays out a model for explosive business growth based on the strategies attributes and tools weeds use to grow and expand, dominate and defend their turf. So Stu, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. What a, what a pleasure. And as I'm listening to it, I'm thinking, what the hell is he talking about? <laughs> what must this guy be talking about? <laughs> well, I'm certain that the first question that many people have, given our sort of negative view typically negative view of weeds is like, wait a minute, you know, that's like how to smell like a skunk, isn't it? I mean, why, <laughs> you know, why do I want to use the analogy of weeds? So help, help us first go there. Sure. Well, you know, by the way, I think the first thing they think of is, you mean this kind of weed, the kind of weed you smoke? No, it's not that kind. <laughs> that's not what we're talking about. But yeah, I mean, well, we all know what it means to grow like a weed. So the fact is that all of this whole logic is already built into our experience. We know what it looks like. We know what it means to grow like a weed. We also know what it looks like because we see it every spring. And actually yeah. not just through, through the spring, but you see what they do all the way through the summer. And you see that they, you know, while a lot of the plants have maybe a single season of growth, dandelions, for example, just keep doing it. They keep running that process over and yeah. over again. So that they are always running these unfair advantages, which is kind of a big part of the whole strategy of weed strategy. You know, it's funny. I, I really, I'm, I love all plants. I love all animals. I love trees. <laughs> so, you know, a lot of times I kind of laugh and say, well, weeds are just flowers with bad PR firms. I mean, it's like, what? I know why we call some things weeds, but their nature of taking over and for whatever reason, they don't look like what we want our yard to look like or something, but you know, who gets to call something a weed? I mean, why is a weed different than a prize winning flower? Well, you know, I guess the fact is that, well, if you look at, let's, it's full of contradictions because if you look at, let's say the state flower right. of California, it is a weed, you know? It's the yeah, California yeah, poppy. Yeah. So they are beautiful. I don't think it's really a, necessarily a, a function of beauty, but just are they are they doing things that we don't want them to do? Are they showing up where they're not invited? And so dandelions are probably the great ex example. Everyone experiences them. And you, we, you know, if you have lawns, you see them show up in your lawn. And yeah. by the way, if you see one, then right. you see, you look up and you see hundreds of them. So they're really, they're tough to deal with. They're formidable. And so I guess weed is probably just... I don't know, just a, a nasty name 
for a plant. It's a plant that some gardeners say is just a plant out of place, but that's right. true only to a certain point because there are some weeds that seem like they've come from another planet. They're just incredibly aggressive and noxious and we don't really want them around. Yeah, and they'll take out native species and things like that, that, you know, because of their ability to grow and spread. Talk a little bit, of course, the, you know, the big premise of the book or a big premise of using the weed metaphor is really to tap into what you're calling a weed mindset. So maybe yeah. unpack that idea for us. Sure. Well, you know, you would if you think about weed having a mindset. Well, first of all, to have a mindset, I guess you probably should have a brain and weeds don't have brains. So how could that even be? possible. But if you watch weeds at all, if you see what they do, if you see how they operate, then you can certainly you can certainly see that there is some presence there that looks like a mindset because they're aggressive and resilient and adaptive. And when you when they're mowed down, they go right back to work, building right back up again. They don't stop. And and so they have really admirable qualities that I guess in our experience are expressed as mindset. So that's where the minds, the weed mindset comes from. So one of the things I've talked about a long time is that having a real point of differentiation, one that matters to the client can be a way to almost make your make competition irrelevant. You call it an unfair advantage. So, you know, what are the unfair advantages that, that you think this weed mindset or adopting this weed mindset gives a business? Well, I would say that for, if we're, well, so the, really the weeds model goes beyond just mindset, but it's leveraging a fierce mindset right, right, right. and unfair advantages against collective scale and running it against a process. But I would say really, if you're using any element of weed strategy, you're already cre creating unfair advantages for yourself. And when we're looking at, let's say the, let's say the situation of many small businesses, the ones that have no unfair advantages are not going to survive. So you have to have, right. and I guess we could call them a lot of other things though. Certainly one is a differentiator. So I'm one of the Wall Street Journal cartoonists. That helps me. When mm -hmm. my cartoons show up in the journal, they reach an audience of a little over 2 million readers. That's real. you know, no one's, how is anyone going to compete with that as a way to cause people to become aware of you and maybe, you know, say, well, you know, I know about Stu's use of weeds because I use weeds to help sales teams break through. It's sort of like my day job. <clears throat> so... When I get to have my, 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 you know, my, my cartoons show up like that, then it's just an advantage that is really tough to, to me, but an advantage yeah. could be a, a location. It could be, it could be a, a partner that you have. We're going to start up a, a new, a new award based on the book called the Total Weed Award. And my new partner in this is the NASDAQ Entrepreneurial Center. That's an unfair advantage. So it's mm. all sorts of, all manners of of unfair advantages from ways to get a lot more, a, a lot more exposure to help with getting exposure. Kind of like this is a seed pod strategy that we're executing right here. You're my seed mm -hmm. pod, essentially. I'm reaching your audience and you're multiplying the, the reach of my seeds of these impressions that I get to create from the book and from interviews and talking about the book. And it goes all the way down through, through thorn strategy and segmentation strategy and rosette and vine and soil and root strategies. All of these are levels of strategies that help us gain unfair advantages. So I think you kind of were just doing it there, but I'm going to ask you to kind of back up and say, and hopefully you can do justice in a couple of minutes, you know, the weed model itself. I think you were ticking off elements of it there, but maybe kind of put it together for us. 
Yeah, well, so there are eight levels of strategy in that weeds in the weeds model, which is an acronym for weed inspired enterprise expansion and domination strategies. So that's, that's what it is. It's an acronym. But what it really is standing for are eight levels of strategy. So the, and it really corresponds with the pieces of the, or elements of the weed plants themselves. So there's seed strategy, which is analogous to anything that causes people to become aware of you and, and form the intent to transact with you. Hearing me on your podcast might have, that might cause people to say, I want to go buy the book. Or maybe I don't, what else? I don't know. I'd like to have Stu consult with me or something yeah, else. Yeah. I don't know. But, and seed pod strategy, seed pods, we see those in, for example, dandelions, those geodesic domes of seeds that are held up in the air. And those seeds are so magnificently mobile. I mean, they just, they fly all over the place. And they probe every possible opportunity to take root. So holding them up in the air like that actually gives them a greater chance to travel and spread. So, and then. Yeah, and, and get a couple of like, Get a couple of five-year-olds and pull a few of those out and blow them too. That really makes <laughs> them explode. <laughs> That's true. They love to, they love, they're kind of seed pods themselves. But then thorn strategy is interesting because that's using all legal protections, for example, to protect your IP and really your turf. You're really protecting your turf. And the weeds do that. And we certainly need to do that in business as well, but not all of us do that or are oriented in that way. And then there's segmentation strategy, which might, we could probably talk the rest of the, our time together on segmentation strategy, because that's, that is the, you know, when you go out and you find a weed in your yard, you might've found some of these that you'll pull on it. And all you get is, you get a handful of stuff, but you didn't get the plant. You certainly yeah. didn't pull it up by the roots. And so that's actually a defensive strategy. It's there to prevent, or let's say mitigate loss. Well, in business, we have the same things happening. We have disruptions that occur all the time. One of those that that occurs every well, just a, a regular cycle of years is recessions, and a lot of us are mm -hmm. still caught on un, unguarded for recessions. We just sort of dread when they show up, and we don't really have much of a much of a much of a strategy for dealing with it. But what, if you're dealing with those things, there are ways to mitigate them, and that's. We're going to be doing that probably soon if the press is correct, because they're sort of beating the drum about recession again. And anyway, there are strategies to deal with that. And then rosette strategies, really, I put that into the model because I wanted, rosettes are those that, in the example of dandelions, that radial fan of leaves that spreads out across the lawn. If you come over with a, it seems like they evolved just to duck the mowers. That's not really where it came from. But what they're really doing is they're covering the ground and they are denying the critical resources that plants around them need, that the grass around them needs to grow and really just to live. So sunlight and water. And so how can we create those kinds of, it's really about cultivating unfair advantages, looking for those and finding new ones that we can add. A lot of times we can add those by the partnerships and associations that we create, and that's vine strategies. So borrowing the infrastructure of others to to gain dominant access to the sort of warm sunshine of sales and, and all the things that we're looking for, just sales and exposure and so forth. And then finally, there's root strategy and the plant is the seed of all life force. But in business, it's all of the, it's where all of the value of the business is sort of stored and curated and maximized. So there are strategies for doing that. And then finally, soil strategy. So seeds are rather, yeah, well, the weeds, they don't get to they don't get to change the soil quality that they're in. They just sort of, they just, wherever they land, they make a go of it. 
but we have the ability to change the substrate in which we grow our businesses. So the cultures within our businesses and with outside of our businesses, our communities and movements are really interesting. If we can grab hold of or start movements, those are amazing things to help change the sort of soil strategy or the conditions for us to grow in. So that's the model of, that's the weeds model for creating unfair advantages. And now a word from our sponsor. Technology is awesome, isn't it? I mean, I talk about all kinds of technology on this show all the time. Did you ever wish there was a way to get some of the technology, some of the apps that you work with every day to talk to each other? There's just that one little thing you wanted to do. Well, for over 10 years, I've been using a tool called Zapier. In fact, longtime listeners might remember the founder, Wade uh, Foster, on this show doing an episode when they were just getting started. Now they've blown up, and it is an amazing tool. We use it to get our spreadsheets to talk to other spreadsheets, our forms to talk to spreadsheets, our forms to talk to other forms, all kinds of magic when it comes to our CRM tool. It's really easy to get started. I mean, there's no coding. I mean, there's 4,000, I think, apps that, that they now support and that can you can get to talk to each other. Look, see for yourself why teams at Airtable, Dropbox, HubSpot, Zendesk, thousands of other companies use Zapier every day to automate their business. And you can try it for free today. It's at zapier.com slash DTM. That's Zapier, which is Z-A-P-I-E-R.com slash DTM. Check it out. Yeah, it's funny. You'll be driving down the road and there'll be, you know, a, a weed growing up, you know, between cracks in, in pavement and, and things like that. I think it really kind of points to the tenacious nature of them. But when I hear you talk about the soil, I'm, think, I'm thinking very much in terms of like creating community and creating value for clients that they want to go out and, and refer you as the idea of soil, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yes. It's all those, because all of those yeah. create conditions that are much more favorable for our growth. So how then do we take that model? And if somebody goes through their business today and says, oh, I'm, you know, I can add this or I could add this, or I could be better at this one. And so we get maybe our weed strategy put together, you know, what's whatever, what many people want to do then is really scale, grow that business beyond them or grow that business certainly from beyond where it is to, today. So how do you apply this then to, to taking that next step, going to the next level with the business? Well, I think, in fact, one of the first things that we can do to grow our businesses, I mean, we ought to be looking at them and making sure they're viable. If there's something that's not viable about it, fix it. But assuming everything is yeah. viable and you've got a great concept, then one of the first things we can do to grow our business is to root out one-to-one -one leverage and then jump to either multi-channel or collective scale. That's for the ultimate is collective scale. I should explain what that is, though. Yeah. We're sure. from just from early childhood, we're all taught to become self-reliant and sort of self-sufficient. I guess that sort of happens when we, I think the first time we played musical chairs and you got left without a chair, you say, well, wait a minute, where's my chair? You know, I'm not going to let that happen again. Yeah. And I think that maybe it's, maybe that's the first time we get, it's get it instilled in our heads that we're in a competitive world and you need to be proactive and you need to get things done. You need to be able to rely on yourself to get things done. And it continues when we're told then to, you would go to school and get good grades, study hard, then you'll get into a great college. And from there, you'll get a great job, maybe a really well-paying job. But here's the problem with all of that is wonderful. We need to be self-reliant. And I would say that the entrepreneurs around us are probably some of the most self-reliant people there are, but, but we can't do it alone. And that's the big realization. We, and, and I think probably the more 
self-reliant and the more talented, the more easily you learn things, the harder it is for you to learn, mm -hmm. to let go and say, well, some of the stuff, I've just got to let go of this and let somebody who's either more, better oriented toward it or better at it than I am, I just let them do it for me so that I can move on to other things. And I would say one of the big telltale signs is if your labor is directly involved in your deliverables, you're at one-to-one -one leverage. And, or let's say if you discover that it's really hard to take a vacation because the, bu the business <laughs> stops because yeah. you're not there, that's one-to-one -one leverage and you need to root that out really quickly. So you do that, I think, by jumping to multi-channel leverage. And that really means just forming partnerships with, with people who could bring you to, to other, to new clients, let's say, or open up new sales channels. I was inviting you to, to, to join a group that I started, a group of authors. And I guess in a way that's multi-channel leverage because we get together, we, we formulate ideas, we bring things together. And, and, and you know, that you, that's the way we've got to, we've got to find ways to collaborate with people as much as possible. I guess that's really the, one of the big messages of Weege is that the more we collaborate, the stronger we become. So with an example of that, say a consultant or coach who is doing a lot of that one-to-one -one work would be building a course or bringing a, building a community or doing group work or having, as you said, strategic partners who are going to you know, send business his or her way. I mean, is that a, a very simple example what we're talking about? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think productizing what you do as a consultant mm -hmm. and turning that into a course is a great way to do that because once you've built it, and of course you're promoting it, but other people could promote it, you can go on vacation, you can make money while you sleep, all those wonderful things that happen when you're not, right. the, when you're not the factory and you shouldn't be the factory. Yeah, yeah. All right, so here's the burning question, and I'm certain people are listening right now and on the edge of their seats. How do you win a weed award? <laughs> you have to be, well, it's actually a total weed award. <laughs> you have to be <laughs> total, total award. Yeah, you have to be absolutely audacious in, in the way that you, that you approach your market and create unfair advantages and create scale. And you know, obviously, you need to be an example to the rest of us, but an example of weed-like growth. Yeah. So I've been uh, doing interviews, you know, for years and uh, over the last few years, one of the things I've seen is title explosion in the C-suite. You know, you've got your chief people officer, you've got your chief revenue officer, and now I think you are probably going to introduce a chief weed officer. I am. I'm proposing one more. That's right. <laughs> the chief weed <laughs> officer. I don't know if you do know Dan Walsh. Oh, I do. Yeah. I do know Dan. Yeah. He's so been Dan, on the show before. Yeah. Yeah. Dan, is, he's an amazing guy. He's he, has the blog Edgy Conversations. I think he has a book out by the same name. And he's a turnaround specialist. Anyway, I interviewed him for the book and he, he gave a quote. By the way, the book has all these, I'm so proud of these quotes at the beginning of the book because they were, when I looked to research for the book, there were no positive quotes about weeds. So everybody I was interviewing, I was asking them, okay, could you share some sort of, like now that we've talked about weeds as a positive, what thoughts come to mind? Yeah. And so Dan said, if you don't have a chief weed officer, you lose. <laughs> that was his quote. <laughs> um, and yeah, I awesome. think that there will be chief weed officers. I don't know if they'll be called that. Maybe they'll be called chief strategy officers or weed strategy officers, <laughs> but there will be people who will be responsible for growth of the company through the right. execution of weed strategy that we can watch all around us. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Stu. I appreciate you taking time to stop by the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. You want to tell people where they can find out more about your work and obviously pick up a copy of the book? Sure. Well, you can buy the book anywhere. Anywhere books are sold now. It, it launches, of course, June 1st. But that 
Actually, well, yeah. Can I start that over? Yeah, of course. Oh, do okay. it. Yeah, you can buy the book anywhere that books are sold. Amazon, of course, and Barnes and Noble, BAM, and all that. Perhaps at the airport soon. You can yeah. come and visit me at my author site. That's stuheinick.com. And when you come there, then you, one of the things you might want to do is join my weed my, my weed boot camp. Sorry, my my weed mindset boot camp, and you can join that from from my site as well. So yeah, and LinkedIn mentioned that, that you heard John and my and myself talking on the on the Duct Tape podcast, Duct Tape Marketing Podcast, and I will be happy to connect with you there. Awesome. Well, we'll have all those links in the show notes as well. And Stu, congrats on the new book. And again, appreciate you taking the time out to to share with our listeners. And hopefully we'll run into you again soon one of these days out there on the road. I would love that. John, thanks for having me on the show. Hey, and one final thing before you go. You know how I talk about marketing strategy, strategy before tactics. Well, sometimes it can be hard to understand where you stand in that, what needs to be done with regard to creating a marketing strategy. So we created a free tool for you. It's called the Marketing Strategy Assessment. You can find it at marketingassessment.co, not .com, .co. Check out our free marketing assessment and learn where you are with your strategy today. That's just marketingassessment.co. I'd love to chat with you about the results that you get.